money makes the startup world go round and in today's show money will be flowing well hold off just a minute don't send me your bank details if you want to find out or gain some money from me well you're gonna have to wait until the end of the show in fact this morning i've been working with a startup to submit a bid for innovate uk so that we can raise funding so my eyes are all in money pound signs in addition to spreadsheet rows timeline gantt chart you name it but why is it relevant well in today's show we will be looking at money and how does it affect the startups ecosystem this year Welcome to the Mary Poppins of Business live show. I'm Naili Makangu, your host for the day, the founder of Athena Leaders, an organization that is passionate about helping startups dream, build, and play, whilst at the same time, leaving behind the legacy of a happy and productive workplace playground. For those who have been following me for a while, you know the rules, right? We're here to have fun, play, and connect. So if there's anything you want to say, anything that resonates with you, then please use the comments. Hey, you might as well start off by letting me know where you are in the world. The second one, very important. We are looking for experts and startups to come on the show. And in fact, based on my experience this morning and the fact that we're going to be talking about money, if you know any bid writer or any investors out there that would like to come on the show and help startups the, uh, throughout their journey, then please let me know. And rule number three, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. So in today's show, we're going to look at three articles and three main thoughts, as I mentioned before. Of course, it's going to be about money, but then we can see the impact it has on startups and what can we take out from that information today? So we're going to look at the startup ecosystem in the UK and how it's changed even during the pandemic. We're going to look at ways some companies are, hmm, I think it's kind of innovative, the way they, they are trying to retain talent, especially tech talent that's really hard to find at the moment. And we are going to close by looking at hybrid working, might not be related to money straight away, but if you're not careful, well, it takes, it costs a lot of money to recruit new people so that we're going to look at what's happening in that space as well. So let's look at the first article, Tech Startups Rating Funds. Now, it's actually very interesting because as you know, the C word, by that I mean COVID C word, doesn't need any kind of introduction. When it first happened, it really, really changed the startup land uh, in terms of well, you know, funding and raising startups, a lot of companies were not really sure about what to do, as well as investors. All of that, you know, could have been, um, it's understandable. But then something ex extremely exciting for startups owners, and even people are thinking about starting their own businesses, money is flowing again. And what is also quite incredible is that the UK is, is working really hard on becoming one of the, the, the best startup ecosystem in Europe. In fact, what we found is that last year alone, the amount of uh, money that was put into startup more than doubled. It was 11.5 billion pounds in 20, uh, 2020 and 2021, it was 29.4 billion. 
So if you're out there and thinking about starting a new idea or you are in a startup and wondering whether it's worth going out for investment, then I would say, what are you waiting for? Go for that. When we start looking at the European ecosystem, the same story is happening as well. So 89.5 billion pounds were invested at the European level. And that means 14.7 billion were invested in Germany and 9.7 in France. So again, if you are in, in Europe and you're thinking about starting up, please do start looking at investments and your investment strategy. What is also exciting is that the level of unicorns, those are startups that really grow rapidly and scale rapidly, rapidly, the likes of Starling banks. I'm sure a lot of people by now know Starling. And if you are quite interested about uh, unicorns and you want to see a great example of a disruptive company, then I will suggest that you go and look at that. Another thing that's also very interesting when we start looking about money from the perspective of a startup founder and owner is the fact that the boom is not just localized to London. What I love about that is when you start thinking about the fact that more other regions are also ben benefiting from that, then there's an expansion in that region and it also helps in terms of recruiting, right? So if you look at the 29 unicorns that were created last year, then 35% of those were based outside of London and even in areas such as Cambridge, Manchester, Edinburgh, Leeds, Newcastle and Cardiff. In some, in some of those towns, especially Cambridge, you might expect that, but others, you can see that there's a growth and a shift that's happening in those regions as well. This is quite exciting, not just for startup founders, but for anybody that's going through the wave of the Great Resignation. We talked a lot about that at our show last um, last week, and we talked about transitioning into a tech career and uh, what it what it entails, what you can do to deal with uh, the learning curve, coding bootcamp, and more. So, if you're out there or you know someone who's thinking, hmm, maybe I should look into startup world, then I will definitely say this is the moment for you. And if you're thinking about not just startup world, but entering into tech, well, think about this. One of the biggest challenges of the startups, despite you know, getting all this investment and everything, is actually finding the right talent and especially, especially finding tech talent. It looks like there's about 50% increase in job vacancies in the UK alone compared to last year, right? That's a huge number. Over 160,000 people, uh, thousand jobs are available for the for tech. It doesn't just mean you know development, engineering, which of course is one of the the one that's in demand the most, but any anything in the ecosystem. So as I said before, if you are recruiting in a startups, then you know, I suggest that you start thinking about hybrid working, which will be looking into that so that you can attract talents throughout the country and if you are someone looking for a new role wanting the career change then yes think about going to a startup and that's it for the first article now we're going to look at the second one and which again we're going to continue with the topic of money 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 who doesn't like money right in the meantime, if you have any comments or if you have been following me for a while, I do suggest that you subscribe, that you like and you share. And as I said before, 
as we are talking about money, there's many startups out there that are looking for money, right? So if you know any investors or anyone who works in bid writing and would like to come on the show for an interview, I'll be more than happy to dive into more details so that we can help the startup ecosystem. Now, look at, look, let's look at money. One question for you. If, if your, your employer or the company you work with were to give you $5,000 or pounds or whatever currency to leave your job, will you take it or will you stay? This is an approach that the CEO of a company called, uh, called Trade Trainial, a guy called Chris Ronzio, is using this strategy to actually incentive people to either leave the company if they are not a great fit or to stay. Now, you're kind of thinking, right, this is really outside of the box. When we talk about ideas and ways of keeping people in a company, especially when we look at the startup world and the tech world, it's usually, it's usually about free food. Or you can play video games in the office and, you know, all those kind of things. And if you are at one of the amazing Google offices or the likes, you might even have a nap room, right? I mean, me and Siesta, well, you know, that's something I would definitely love. But paying people to actually leave your company, not to stay. People are not being paid to stay. They are being paid to leave the company. Now, if, if you look at uh, the article in more details, and it actually make me think about some of the, um, the positive and negatives, but also kind of I, I was kind of admiring uh, Chris's uh, idea, really, about why you want people to, to leave. One, one point that he makes, and that's really, really important, it takes a long time to onboard new people. I'm not even talking about the recruitment process in general, but if you have someone in your company and that will leave in two months, three months, or maybe six months to a year, especially in a if there's a lot of complexity and especially in tech, depending on the code base and how how much time it takes to to learn, then you're actually losing money because then you have to do it all over again. And in fact, this reminds me of one of the companies I used to work for. I started my career as a software engineer for Siemens Industry Software in Cambridge. And in fact, it was, uh, it was great. I was working on C++ code base, but it was a legacy system. And by that, for those who are not in text, it means it's something that's been, well, I mean, people have started working on that software for many years. I think I was probably nappies when they first started, which means that the code base that I have to work with was quite large. And so whenever you innovate and there's an amount and millions and millions of lines of codes, the complexity of what you're building gets um, increases. In addition, it was a computer-aided design software, which as well has its own complexity, maths, and other things. One thing that, from my own experience, one thing that the company was really conscious of whenever they were hiring was the fact that it will take up to two weeks to, um, uh, two, weeks, two years to be fully capable as an engineer. Of course, you can start and fixing bugs, you can start and make decisions within the first six months to a year, but to really feel the autonomy and say, yes, I understand my area of responsibility inside out took a really long time. So imagine if someone coming into the organization stay for six months and feeling like, hmm, I knew from the beginning this wasn't really my place, but I'd stay anyway. And then in six months they leave, well, the company will have to start from zero. So Chris didn't want that, right? Chris Ronzio wants people who, if you want to stay, we pay you to leave. And what he sees as well is that 
if someone decides to stay and turn down money, then they are more committed. They, um, they agree with the culture of the company, which gives them more chances of staying in the long term. What's funny about this story is that when he first started using this strategy, he was giving only $2,500, which is quite a lot already. But he thought, hmm, not so much for, especially for engineers who can earn 60000 above. So he decided to up the amount he was giving out to 5000 and see how it, um, how it works. So I'm asking you again, how do you feel about being paid to leave a company? Would you take the money and go or would you, uh, or would you stay? And if you are a founder out there or a business owner, would you use this strategy and, um, and actually, yeah, just would you use this strategy to incentivize your people to stay or not? Well, if you want to find out other strategy on how you can get your people to stay without spending $5,000, please keep watching. I've got a couple of thoughts for you at the end of the show. That leads us to article number three, working from home, hybrid working, this all things that we have been talking about for what feels like an eternity right now. But then let's start looking at some of the issue that is coming, uh, the issue that we are dealing with as a society. Personally, I, I love hybrid working. I even love remote working. But I have to admit that when it comes to the way it's being implemented in other organizations, it could be harming people than bringing more good. And I guess this is the way this article was looking at it. It wasn't really about the fact that hybrid or remote working wasn't the right thing to do, but it was just looking at the impact it could have in the organization when not done properly. And also looking a bit at the society as a whole and some of the changes that have been introduced ever since. Now, what was interesting, based on a study that was done in April 2020 by the National Statistics in the UK, they found that Despite the fact that we talked a lot about hybrid working and a lot of companies are going in there, it took you know, front covers of so many newspapers. One thing that I didn't even realize, which I thought was quite interesting, is that only 46% of um, the population of the organizations are actually, the population that had the ability of going hybrid. Now, this could be based on many, many different things not just the organization, because obviously at the time eh, we were under lockdown in, in the UK, but it was also based on the type of roles they were doing. There are some jobs that are not suitable for hybrid working. And I guess what the article was saying was really highlighted some kind of inequalities that could be introduced through the form of hybrid working and what companies and organizations can do to start balancing them out. They've highlighted things like giving people more flexibility. Maybe it could be by choosing their working hours, not just working from home, which could be limiting for those who do not have the capability of working from home. And they've also looked at the different regions, finding that more people around London, 57% of Londoners were able to work from home more than people in different regions. And again, it depends on the region and what is the main industry in the, in the region that also affects whether people can work from home. One of the things I wanted to highlight, which again, when we start talking about inequalities and the new pressure that we are finding in societies, is really about how 
the the control the control society that we are slowly entering the tracking and controlling right and uh yes sorry i was laughing there because every time i said the word tracking my brain just goes track track and trace but yes so what does it got to do with 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 hybrid working well first of all there's this there's this uh, this feeling that some people cannot be trusted when they work from home so we need to track them and making sure that we understand what they are doing there are more software that are coming out in the market and some other being developed again if you've watched uh, what's going on in startup world you'll see there's a lot of investments is going into applications that are based to track what people are doing so that they can report but of course whenever there's a great intent on the application there's always something that can be used on in a different way one of the slightly negative ways is tracking whether someone is not uh, working on his computer by checking whether the mouse or the keyboard hasn't been used. Well, if you're going to do that for me, you'll find out that uh, I might not be working as much as you think I'm doing because, well, I'm still a paper and paint person, for example, right? So I'm writing down uh, certain things. Or maybe people think that if your job is, let's say, call center based and there's a lot of metrics, yes, how about tracking and making sure they're doing the, the work the right way? Now, the reason why I'm not a fan of that is, as you, for those who have seen me for a while, you know how much I talk about trust and I talk about empowerment of the team. And I believe that those practices might actually harm the trust, the empowerment within an organization rather than um, help it. So I don't believe that giving people $5,000 will help in this situation to improve the productivity, but I believe that there is a lot of work to be done in the organization to see how to increase the productivity in organizations in their, with their people without actually tracking them. One thing I love about this aspect of hybrid working, there's so much more we could be saying about that, but I'm going to hold off on it. Why? In February, I'm bringing to the show a fantastic woman called Darcy Bowles. I've been wanting to bring her in the show for so long. She's a future work thought leader, and I love uh, the, her content on LinkedIn and the uh, talks. And I thought she's gonna be fair. It's gonna be a fantastic addition to the show as we're gonna look at hybrid working in February, and we're also gonna look at the impact it has on startups. So there you have it, three of the main articles that we looked at and today. We talked a lot about money and great news for startups. If you are looking for money, there's funding out there. And in fact, if you are investors, well, I'm also looking for money. I'm currently working with a startups that is actively fundraising. It's an HR uh, recruitment tech. So if you are in that space and are looking for new startup that you might not have discovered yet, I suggest you get in touch with me. If you know someone who's in that space, tell them and let them get in touch with me. So we also looked at kind of how to incentivize people in your organization by giving them, giving them money to leave, not money to stay, which is very different. And also hybrid working and the inequalities. Now, before I go, here are my parting advice and two main things. I believe that creating a great culture is a really good way of helping people to stay in your organization. And if you are worried about some ways of on how you could do that, and we are, you are thinking about other ways of you know, attracting new talents, then I would say, ask yourself this question. Does the culture of your organization, the, the culture that you show outside 
on social media is that the same as the one that people live on a daily basis inside one of the best way or best best way of recruiting in fact is actually word of mouth if you have a great culture and if your people feel empowered they love coming to work they love waking up especially on a monday morning which is quite hard for certain people then guess what they're more likely to recommend text their friends passes by and tell them about the role that you have in your organization and that could help you. Number two, design a happy and productive workplace playground. I'm not talking about just the fun, the free food, but really look at how you can structure your startup, how you can structure your organization, how you can structure your world so that people have the tools, the structure, the planning, the, the roles and responsibility. They know when they can be free, they can be empowered, but at the same time, they understand the boundaries and what they need to do. If you do that, then that will help create your culture and that will help attract and retain um, great team members in your company. And for anyone who wants to try the strategy of paying $5,000 or however much you want for people to leave and works, then please let me know. I would love to feature that in a future show. This was it for me. For anyone who loves this show, please remember subscribe and like and share so that we can grow the ecosystems. And if you know anybody out there that might be wanting to come on the show, startups or someone in the ecosystem to help startups, then let me know. In the meantime, let's design a happy and productive workplace playground together. <laughs>